Hello and welcome. You are listening to Desperate Acts of Capitalism, a podcast about money, marketing, and how it all goes wrong. Wow, it's like episode seven, I think. Yeah, or something like that. The dreaded episode seven hump. <laughs> Gosh, this is the same joke that we've made for the past <laughs> the past three episodes. And I'm going to keep making it, because people love it. <laughs> These podcast boys really need new material. <laughs> I was going to write an intro for this, but I couldn't... I just could not put anything together. Right. This, There is no entry point to this story right there's no clear beginning there's no clear end partially because it's like a lot of the shit's still up in the air right but this story is just so nebulous and dense and touches so many other things you have to just sort of dunk your head into it like you're being like water tortured or something and then occasionally come up for air as like as often as you can Right. So like a David Lynch film, this plot is cyclical and not linear. Uh, Not even that. It's like trying... Please understand that trying to do research on this topic was like attempting to drink from a fire hose. (laughs) There is so much information here. Right. I was telling you before we started recording that my general strategy for writing these episodes Mm -hmm. is I try to find a bunch of articles on the topic... I, I just sort of copy-paste them into one thing, I chop out what we don't need, and I clean it up and make it all pretty. Mm-hmm. I basically copied an entire NY Mag article into this because every sentence is necessary. Right. Every single sentence. I could not cut anything. So, without further ado, let's jump into the story of the We Corporation. Wow. Let's learn about the power of We. I always see like things about the Wii Corporation. Like, I see buildings with Wii work on them, but I don't... Like, I know that you can rent office space. Like, that's all I know, though. And, but I always hear stories of Wii in the news, but I, I can't decipher any of it. So, the thing is... Another thing I had to do for this episode was a ton of research into, like, actual tax regulations. Right. I had to sit down and read incredibly dense legal documentation just to learn what the hell is happening here. Right. But here's the thing. At the center of all of this, the weak corporation is a real business. It, it is actually a solid, viable business model. Right. What the Wee corporation does, or what they are most known for, mm-hmm. is what they do is they... So they find large office buildings mm-hmm. or office buildings that have like a couple floors of space. Right. And then they go to whoever owns it and they say, all right, we will just rent the entire building or these these several floors. Mm-hmm. They buy land in bulk, right. usually renting or leasing it. Yeah. And then they then they flip it. They remodel it, mm-hmm. make it all hipstery and fun. Yeah. And then they they sell rent to people who need like an office or something. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, and the business is is that they assume more risk by offering more flexible rents and leases. Mm. So you can get weird amounts of time. If you need to change stuff real quick, they're good about it. Right. So it's like finding temporary office space for people. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like an Airbnb for office. Yeah. Space, I was just gonna almost. say. Yeah. That, similar, but I would assume like longer. Like, a, the amount of time people stay would be, like, generally longer than an Airbnb, but still, like, for 
you know, like office space, it's it's much a much shorter turnaround. Yeah, like they'll they'll rent you office space for like ten days or something. Right. They they specifically cater to, like, they specifically cater to like fresh startups that just need they they just need an office for like a month or so, just right. in case some this doesn't get off the ground or whatever. Right. Or they cater to like traveling businessmen mm. that. They need an office because they're going to be here, like, they're going to be in the country for three weeks, and they mm-hmm. need an office for only ten of those days, and they don't want to spring for, like, a hotel suite or something. Yeah, totally. That's sort of their business model. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, that works. Right. The reason that this is a story, the reason that we're talking about this on our podcast mm-hmm. is that is just the tiny little seed kernel at the, at the very center of this Ferrero Rocher <laughs> of batshit insanity Wonderful. without further ado this is uh this is from a fantastic article by reeves weidman for the ny mag okay <clears throat> in early january employees of the we company formerly known as WeWork, gathered in los angeles for its annual summit as with many of the company's events it was more tent revival than corporate offsite the Red Hot Chili Peppers performed. Jaden Smith and Adam Rippon spoke. Diddy and Ashton Kutcher announced the winners of We of the annual Creator Awards. Adam Newman was one of WeWork's founders. Took the stage as he typically does at such gatherings. Newman is six foot five with long dark hair and the easy charm of a man worth several theoretical billions of dollars, mm-hmm. who still manages to surf regularly and used to skateboard around the office. Yeah. Your picture of Adam Nyman, he looks like... Imagine Adam Driver smashed together with Tommy Wiseau. Oh, no. <laughs> but then take that and then make him weirdly bulky. <laughs> right. He is a str- he's a, a strange-looking man. Well, I have a very clear picture in my head now, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, gosh. He is known for making bombastic pronouncements, like this one at an all-company event last year. This is just the first one. These are so good. There are 150 million orphans in the world. We want to solve this problem and give them a new family. The WeWork family. What? (laughs) What is that? Wait, you're gonna give- you're gonna put orphans in office spaces? I don't he's he's going to take the 150 orphans in the the 150 million orphans in the world and he's going to give them a family comma his company. But that, do they have to work for you or it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it there's nothing behind this. There is a vague sense as we get to know Adam Nyman, you will realize that this statement means that he literally wants to do this. He right. literally wants to solve global orphanage with the WeWork Corporation somehow. Right. He thinks he can do that. That is right. not an exaggeration. He thinks it is actually possible and graspable within his lifetime. Right. Okay. In in Los Angeles, not Newman told his employees the newly formed We Company would now have three prongs. We work, we live, and we grow, with a single grandiose mission. To elevate the world's consciousness. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Okay, man. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, 
WeWork was born as a co-working space based partially on the idea that it should be easier for entrepreneurs like Newman to get their ideas, good or bad, off the ground. Its core business is simple. Lease offices from landlords. The company owns hardly any real estate, slice them up, and rent them out in smaller portions with an upcharge for cool design, regular happy hours, and more flexible short-term leases. There are hundreds of co-working companies around the world, but what has long distinguished WeWork is Newman's insistence that his is something bigger. In 2017, Newman declared that WeWork's, quote, valuation and size today are much more based on our energy and spirituality than it is on a multiple of revenue. Maybe like 60% of those words meant something. Right, but also he's saying that you can quantify spiritual energy or whatever and that's worth more than money again he literally thinks that yeah. <laughs> you're not taking into account account our spiritual chi man <laughs> that's worth like ten dollars for every one regular dollar bro you're not even worth you're not even thinking in chi dollars man <laughs> uh, he has long maintained that categorizing we work as a real estate concern is too limiting it is a quote community company with huge ambitions quote we are here in order to change the world, Newman said that same year. Quote, nothing less than that interests me. You know, I was actually, like, I think, like, a few months back, I was, like, looking at what WeWork was, and I landed on their website just to, like, look at, like, how much they charge for office spaces, because I was just curious, because everyone was talking about it. But, like, right. I had to navigate through, like, five pages of weird, unexplainable corporate like spiritual jargon before I even got to anything about the yeah, like the yeah. office space. No, like I was so confused of what this. Like it gave me no answers. Like eventually I did get to like the office space, but I had to navigate through a bunch of like weird. That's stuff. the entire company. It is a it's a fairly normal business model catering to yuppies, surrounded with all of this weird like it's like corporate jargon mixed with cult like right. cult jargon, right. Like the idea of renting office space is a very straightforward, like, yeah, it's smart not even idea, that. <laughs> but it's like cloaked in all this weird, these weird layers. It's not even that groundbreaking. Yeah, Ugh, nothing less than that interests me. <laughs> in this mode, which is his usual one, yeah. he can sound like a satirical version of a startup founder. Yeah, <laughs> and what Newman has accomplished is staggering. WeWork now has 466,000 members working out of 485 locations in more than 100 cities in 28 countries. Its revenue has grown last year from 75 million in 2014 to 1.8 billion last year. Three years ago, it had 1,000 employees. Today, it has 12,000, and it's adding 100 every week. It's installed 22 million square feet of glass partitions that have defined an era of workplace aesthetics. And last fall, it became Manhattan's largest tenant in central London, wow. its second only to the British government. <laughs> in the wake of Uber's disappointing debut on the New York Stock Exchange, the Wii Company is now America's most highly valued startup at $47 billion. <laughs> That's insane. At least for the moment. Right. Still theor theoretical. <sighs> yeah. At the end of April, Newman announced that the company has filed paperwork to begin the process of an IPO. This is back in 2017. Okay. Inside the company, however, employees and executives describe an environment that can be marked by chaos, churn, and misbehavior that have come to characterize the hyper-growth startup life. 
not to mention questions about its business. WeWork lost $1.9 billion last year, right. but WeWork has already reshaped the commercial real estate world, and it has its eyes on the rest of our lives. As Newman recently told a person close to this company, he believes that WeWork's size and scale could put it in a position to deal with some of the world's largest problems, like the refugee crisis. <laughs> Saying, quote, I need to have the biggest valuation I can, because when countries are shooting at each other, I want them to come to me. Adam, you're thinking too small, man. <laughs> the refugee crisis? <laughs> Open up your mind. I I was sitting in a coffee shop doing this rework. I had I had to physically stop myself from going like, what? <laughs> he said what? So he he wants countries shooting at each other to come to him as like a mediator, or he wants he wants to solve the refugee crisis by selling like expensive upper crust housing to <laughs> refugees to like right. Syrian refugees. Right. Okay. Uh, good idea. I, it's, it's like, how do you even respond to that? Yeah. It's like, this is somebody so fundamentally disconnected with yeah. the world. Right. It's like, oh, God. Wow. And I, it only gets worse from here. Oh, no. One day this spring, Newman sat at a large conference table in his office at WeWork headquarters in Chelsea and apologized that he only had a limited time. Quote, it's hard in a short time to get to know someone and to be able to authentically describe truth, he told me. Again, it's like maybe 60% of those words mean something. Yeah, like at first, it kind of like thought I knew where he was going, but then he kind of lost it's me. Like, and it's then... like he's sorry. He's sorry for being late. Oh, he's sorry that he can't like explain himself in this short. He's he's talking about the fundamental nature of truth. What? <laughs> it's like. A weird escalation. I'm sorry, I can't authentically describe truth. What? <sighs> Beyond elevate. Oh, God. Beyond elevating consciousness, Newman explained, each of the We Company's three parts has a more specific mandate. WeWork is building, quote, a world where people make a life, not just a living. We Live, which offers furnished studio apartments in the financial district starting at $3,175 a month. Those are the apartments that he's going to solve the refugee crisis with. Right. Is, sure. Is a salve to the global increase in loneliness and suicide and a way to ensure that, quote, no one ever feels alone. Again, Adam. <laughs> small, small thinking, man. You gotta... Uh, you gotta... Man, he, he's going to funnel all of his cheese stocks into solving world <laughs> loneliness. It's just... <laughs> okay. I mean, there's no, like, I mean, clearly there's no actual, like, like solutions being offered. He's just listing problems. Oh, we're going to get to this later. It's like this whole We Live thing, it's like it's like a total failure. None right. of it turns profit. He can't sell these apartments because he, yeah. he bought, like, extremely expensive yeah. Manhattan apartments. <laughs> right. I mean, ugh. Sure. <laughs> Quote, We Grow is an educational arm that includes an elementary school and a coding academy, is tasked with, quote, unleashing every person's superpower. Such I, as coding. Such as, such as coding and learning how to read. <laughs> <laughs> I asked Newman what his superpower is. Quote, change. <laughs> he said, quote, I think that's the best superpower to have. 
He then asked if I'd seen the TV show Heroes. Quote, There was this one character that was very strong, he said. He has the ability to have all the superpowers. Newman neglected to mention that this was the show's villain, a serial killer who murdered people <laughs> to get their powers. <laughs> Remember that character that was very strong and he had all the super superpowers? Yeah, my superpower, it's having every superpower. I'm like the biggest dick person ever. <laughs> My dick has all the superpowers. <laughs> My meat is huge and I'm awesome. <laughs> I, I just picture him like, I have this clear image of just like an upscale coffee shop and like, he's like, what's your superpower? Like Mr. Newman, he just like looks off into the window, gets like a blank look on his face. Change. Change. <laughs> That's exact. I, I, I wasn't able to find, I... I wish I had an interview of this. Yeah. But it's like, I, you know for a fact that's exactly how he delivered it. He, like, he looked off into the middle distance and said, my superpower? Change. Right. <laughs> like, at first he acts like he's, like, slightly, like, thrown off by the question. Like, hmm. Like, he has to think about it for a second. Yeah, man, that's deep. That's deep. And he just got this, like, strike of, like, genius. Like, bro. Change. I just realized, man. Ugh. <laughs> Oh, this is crazy. Newman was born in Israel and moved to a, and moved to New York in 2001 after what he has described as a difficult childhood. His parents divorced when he was seven, and he lived in 13 different homes over the first 22 years of his life. Mm. He served five years in the Israeli Navy before moving into a Tribeca in, apartment with his sister, quote, a, formal, a former Miss Teen Israel who had become a successful model. Newman enrolled in business classes at Barak College, and as he told its graduating class in 2017, he spent his early days in New York largely going to clubs and, quote, hitting on every girl in the city and figuring out how to get rich. As Newman tells it, a friend from Israel visited and asked if all the partying was worth leaving his home, at which point Newman dropped out of Barak to pursue his first big entrepreneurial idea, a collapsible women's heeled shoe. Okay. <laughs> it's like it's like a heel, but then the heel is like telescoping. So that you can so it's not a heel. You know that makes like I totally get like his trajectory like you start with collapsible heels and then you solve the refugee crisis. Right. <laughs> and you you start with heels to build your chi, right? <laughs> and then you unleash it onto the global market as a devastating chi blast. And then you create literal immortality. Yeah. And then you ascend to the second to the the second era of living. And then you kill the hermetic ultigod. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it totally makes sense now. Yeah, no, totally. It didn't work. <laughs> so he pivoted as a single childless man in his 20s and launched a company called Crawlers with a K. All right, Evan. What do you think Crawlers is? Is it like a... Like a... Whatever you're thinking, it's wrong. Because <laughs> uh, it's, it's baby clothes with built-in knee pads. The, t the tagline was, just because they don't tell you, doesn't mean they don't hurt. <laughs> what? That's like a tagline for a horror movie right there. That's like lyrics from like a Marilyn Manson song Seriously? or something. I know! I know! It's like a Black Veil Brides yeah. lyric, but it's about baby clothes with knee pads! I mean... Just because they don't tell you doesn't mean they don't hurt. <laughs> Which, okay, is bullshit because babies are very good 
at telling you when they're upset. Right. <laughs> I imagine him, he's, like, getting high one night or something, and he's like, you know, man, like, like babies, like, the biggest problem with babies is, like, they, they can't tell you if they're in pain, man. Like, if they're uncomfortable, if they're hungry, if they, they you know, they poop their diaper. Like, we have no way of knowing, man. It's not like they have some sort of signal. So, so like, what if we had, like, like knee, pad, knee pads? So, at least we solve one thing, man. So, if their knees are hurting, we have a way to solve that, man. And then he makes this company... <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny you say that, Evan <laughs> Because weed is going to come into this story no, no, In a course. very big way later Of course it is I'm seeing the, I'm seeing the, the signs Oh, already. God No, it's just uh, Okay I'm <laughs> Let's just move on Okay, yeah <laughs> Crawlers failed to take off Yeah, I think I've heard of that business before Like I don't know, like sound like I've heard of. It is a fantastically stupid idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's been tossed around on some article I've been on. Uh, here we could spend forty dollars on getting our baby a onesie, or we could spend fifty dollars on getting our baby a onesie that has knee pads. <laughs> right. Do babies even crawl on their knees? Whatever. I let's move on. Yeah, but it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Quote. We're already noticing the tough economic times. Implying that, like, that's why crawlers didn't take off? I mean, that's like a, a pattern of these, like, CEOs. It's like, oh, it was God. just, like, the system, man. It wasn't the right time. The world wasn't ready for crawlers. Yeah. It's just, like, someone who's, like, who bowls a, a gutter ball. It's like, oh, man, like, that ball's broken. Like, right, the right. floor's tilted a little bit. Like it's, it's the guy that comes over to play, like, play Smash Bros. at your house after school. And every yeah. time every time you just body him, he goes, oh, man, I think this controller's broken. You're yeah, like, it's not responding to me. Like, it's taking, like, I'm pressing C, I'm pressing B, it's not doing it. It's like, oh, this is so dumb, man. Yeah. You're getting grease on the controller, man. Right. I either win or I quit because it's not fair. <laughs> Like, you, you body him in Smash Bros. He's like, this is because of the 2008 financial collapse. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. Blaming everyone, but the idea of, like, maybe it just wasn't a good company. <sighs> We're already noticing the tough economic times, he told Women's Wear Daily in 2008, as the recession hit. <laughs> yeah. By then, Newman had already met Michael McKevley, an architect with a similarly unusual upbringing. While Newman spent several years living on a kibbutz in Israel, which is like... Do you know what kibbutzes are? Mm-mm. They're like, uh, they're literally communes. They're one of mm. the best examples of like functioning communist communities in the world right. right now. But it's like, they're not, they're not like fun. Basically, the way it works is you get to live there for free, but you trade, like, you trade the right to live there for labor. It's right. like farm work. You do right. farm work. For, and he lived there for five years. Right. Being a communist. Right. Being like a hardworking communist right, farmer. Right, right. <laughs> So, while Newman spent several years living on a kibbutz in Israel, McEvely was being raised by a collective of five single mothers in Eugene, Oregon. It's like a Portlandia skit. Seriously. After, after college where he studied architecture, McEvely moved to Tokyo and started a, a website called English Baby that used American pop lyrics as a language learning tool. Cool. It's like a, a similar category as crawlers. I... I I'd say that English baby is one step up. Right. It's like I can see that working. I can I can see that at least breaking even for three years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you can kid yourself for three years. Yeah. Uh, he eventually got bored and moved to New York to take a job at a Brooklyn architectural firm, where he spent several years designing American apparel stores. By two thousand eight, McEvely was persu- 
had persuaded Newman to move crawlers to Dumbo, where Newman sublet a part of his space to another company to save on rent. Mm. Both men were itching for something new, and after a bit of brainstorming, McKevely and Newman convinced their landlord to let them try an experiment. They took over an empty space in one of the landlord's nearby buildings, divided it up into semi-communal offices, and rented them out. Brilliant idea! You've just invented the concept of subletting. Right. <laughs> A thing that has been around since the ownership of land. Right. <laughs> the original space, Green Desk, was an instant hit, and the landlord wanted to expand it into his other Brooklyn properties. But McKevley and Newman decided to sell their share of the business and go off on their own. They opened the first WeWork in 2010 on the corner of Grand and Lafayette. It, is, it had exposed brick and exposed wiring, which McKevley installed himself and was modeled less on a traditional office and more a boutique hotel. Mm. Sexy. <laughs> Newman and McKevley didn't invent the idea of co-working. The New York Times had already devoted an entire article of the concept, and many such spaces had opened in recent years. But the pair realized there was money to be made from the recession, coolest, nicest guys. <laughs> Real estate could be had for cheap, and that's the thing about a recession. It's a buyer's market, so if right. you got the money, that's, that's good. Yeah, you, you can stock up. Recessions are great if you're rich. Yeah. Real estate could be had for cheap, even in Manhattan. Laid-off workers needed space to launch their freelance careers, and millennials were looking for, were looking for more from their workspace than a water cooler and a cubicle. Mm. While McKevley brought his design and construction background to WeWork, Newman dove into the aggressive world of New York real estate with a hustler's verve. <laughs> you ever looked at somebody? You ever looked at someone and say, "Damn, that guy's really got a hustler's verve." <laughs> he must be in real estate. <laughs> he struck a deal for WeWork second space across from the Empire State Building while polishing off a bottle of Johnny Walker Black with David Czar, whose family owned the building. After touring a property owned by Jared Kushner, a, <laughs> then a young real estate mogul, Newman coaxed Kushner into a bar for shots of tequila and later settled, to settled a dispute by beating him in an arm wrestling match. <laughs> Just, can you imagine spending time with these guys? Yeah. Like, spending time with Adam Newman and Jared Kushner. Right. The two slimiest people on earth. Right. And, like, taking shots and arm wrestling. Of, okay... Johnny Walker Black is an extremely expensive scotch. Right. Extremely expensive. Like Right, and they're just downing the whole bottle. Yeah, no. This is it's this is like disgustingly exorbitant. Yeah. Right, this is like Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> Newman and his wife Rebecca remain close with Kushner and Ivanka Trump. Mm. The past quote, the past ten years was the decade of I, he said in twenty eleven. <laughs> this is the decade of we. A new era. Era two of humanity. <laughs> Big things are coming. Yeah. <laughs> the decade of we. He says shit like this unprompted all yeah. the time. Like, no one asked him a question. Oh, I mean, we were just talking about co-working. Right. <laughs> but just the... Just the... Like, from what I read of a lot of, like, other real estate speculators talking about Adam Newman... Yeah. Like, there was this serious undercurrent that, like, just the fact that he was involved with Jared Kushner means that it's, like, illegal shit is happening yeah, here. Right. Like, basically, the fact that somebody is doing work with Jared Kushner means that they are, like, 
toxic. Like you don't. Right. That is not a legitimate business. You don't touch them. Yeah. <laughs> like it's there was people talked about people talked about doing business work with Jared Kushner. Like they talked about it like spending time with a plague victim or something. <laughs> it was it was like letting your kids hang out with an anti vaxxer. Right. It was like you can do it, but you have to know the cost. Right. <laughs> it was like. But will you come out of this untainted? <laughs> Donald Trump's son-in-law. Like... Uh, <laughs> and in many ways, it has been. Referring to the decade of we. Right. <laughs> Everything from the betting company Brooklinen... From the betting company Brooklinen to, quote, post-cable streaming network Cheddar has been what? incubated in WeWork. A Breitbart writer worked out of a WeWork near the White House. Billy McFarland, who later created the Fire Festival, was often late on his rent in Tribeca. <laughs> I, I knew, like, this guy was reminding me of someone, and Billy uh, McFarland is a very similar kind of person. We have to do Fire Fest at a later oh, date. Yeah. Have, have you seen the documentary? No. Okay, you have to oh watch it. There's two. There's one on Hulu and one They're apparently both good. Um, I've seen that sounds fantastic. Watch. It's just, it's like, it would be so good for just, like, the mindset of these lunatics. Uh. More recently, WeWork has rented space to giant companies from Facebook to Amazon. Cool. Yeah. No, it's like, which shows you, it's like this is a gen, this is a genuinely successful business model. Totally. But distributing the deeply entrenched world of commercial real estate required capital, and Newman excelled at pitching his company to investors. Newman had raised more than $12 billion in venture capital funding, and early investors talk as much about buying into his energy and ambition as they did WeWork's bottom line. Nobody raises $12 billion in venture capital. That no. is the biggest fucking red flag. Right. That is an ins that is That's not venture capital money. That's a successful, thriving, scaling business money. Like no, 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 no. It's the opposite. $12 billion in venture capital funding is a money laundering scheme. <laughs> you don't make that much venture capital firm. You get, right. you get like investment conglomerate. That's like investment conglomerate money. Yeah. You don't get that in VC. No. That is like... If you, like, again, if you, reading about this from the perspective of all these other, like, real estate investor Wall Street guys that were yeah. writing articles about this, it's like, WeWork is just nothing but toxic, plague-ridden <laughs> red flag after red flag. Right. It's like, people, like, people who've been in the game long enough, they see WeWork like this, like this, this pustule that's like yeah. beating like a heart right. and they're they're just like people are like oh, I'll throw some money in here yeah. and I'll pull it out as fast yeah. as I fucking can right. because this thing is gonna pop and right. there's no way I'm gonna be in the room when it coats everything in pus and slime yeah, it's a giant horrific game of hot potato yes that's exactly <laughs> how people look at we yeah. looked at we work right <sighs> We work, quote, we work Mars is in our pipeline. What? <laughs> Hold on. We're going to fucking Mars, man. <laughs> Why can't we put a we work on Mars? Why can't we put a we work on Mars? Idiot. Newman declared in 2015. He, t he told WeWork staff at one point that he'd met with Elon Musk and offered the company's services in prepping for any future Mars missions. But that Monk wasn't that Musk wasn't interested. <laughs> Even Elon Musk is like, hey man, that's a little weird for me. Yeah. 
Uh, early on, Newman told his friends he was building a $100 billion business. Yeah. <laughs> out of out of Mars colonies and chi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're also going to solve the refugee crisis. Uh, with collapsible women's shoes. If we can just make enough money, we can solve all the problems in the world. We, we'll what? just pay to fix what them. What don't you get about this, man? <laughs> it's simple business. What's well, a very complex issue, Mr. Newman. We'll just make more money then. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting too heated. I need to, I need to go realign my chakras. Yeah. If you need me, I'll be in the business lounge. I'll be levitating in the business lounge. Right. Uh, the charisma and soaring rhetoric he presented to investors also appealed to a workforce willing to work long hours with relatively low pay right. in exchange for believing that they were building a world-changing company. Right. It's the whole idea of trading compensation for You don't benefits. know that. This goes <laughs> so deep. Within WeWork, a mystique quickly developed around Newman, who did little to downplay it. Until recently, which, okay, I don't... I genuinely don't know if Newman is physically capable of downplaying it. Right, yeah. It's like, Newman is somebody who was born to be a cult leader. Right, yeah. He, yeah. But it's not... A lot of cult leaders are, like, ambitious people. They're ambitious, yeah. driven people. Adam Adam Newman is, a, is like, a literal megalomaniac. Right. He yeah. is not psychologically capable of downplaying it. Right. Uh, until recently, an executive conference room at WeWork headquarters was decorated with a large photograph of Newman surfing a wave. That's <laughs> it, me up there. They they have pic they have like a photograph of it. Uh -huh. It's an enormous picture. This is a, a huge conference room and there is this enormous like all nearly floor to ceiling picture of Adam Newman shirtless surfing. Right. Which, you know, that's that's not normal. No. It's 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 very clear that like from day 1 he was he was leaning into this cult of personality right. shit. And I don't say that lightly. Yeah. Like he if he wasn't a if like if he didn't go to business college, he would be a cult leader. Right. Absolutely. He right. even has the five years spent on a commune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was fully radicalized in a commune. Not even. No, he wasn't radicalized. Right. But communes are full of very gullible witchy people. Right. You know. Right, it's right, like right. you learn you learn how to navigate very easily tricked witchy people. Mm, I see. Ugh. He's bragged about working 20-hour days and regularly called executive meetings that would begin after midnight. Quote, I've had meetings that started at 2 a.m. where he joined us 40 where he joined us 45 minutes late. But then but that meeting was worth millions, a former WeWork executive told me. Which how do you know? Right. <laughs> you can't know that. Yeah, he probably told you that. Right. You're make you're being paid a wage. Right. <laughs> I mean, he told he probably told you that when you complained about it. It's like, but it's like, yes, you lost your entire night's sleep, but like that meeting was worth millions, man. We need you. Yeah. As he's got like a death grip on your yeah. shoulder, a former WeWork executive told me. Many people, many people told me they bought into WeWork's grand mission only when Newman started the started doing the preaching. 
At the beginning of every week, WeWork's employees were required to stay after word after work for a quote, thank God it's Monday team building event that could last for hours. Imagine. This is literally a cult technique. Yeah. This is like, okay, one, it's extremely illegal. Right. You can't force your employees to stay after hours for no pay. Right. Yeah. That is extremely illegal. Yeah. <laughs> and like blatantly illegal. Yeah. But here's like the way that he got around this was he would fire you if you didn't show up. Right. And so what he would do is he would fire people so regularly right. that like they weren't even present in the company long enough to even consider filing like filing a labor relations report. Right. It was like this shit was happening so fast and the complaints were piling up so high right. that like regulators could not keep up. Right. His strat his strategy for avoiding labor regulations was to pile the regulators with so much red tape. Right. Like he wasn't being sneaky. He did all of this shit out in the open right. and just drowned the regulators yeah. so that they just they could not keep up. Right. That's crazy. <sighs> and again, hours. These yeah. lasted, like, on top of working, like, 10 plus hour days, he would make you stay after work for several hours. Right. Well, that's the exact same thing that Scientology does, because then yeah. you start, they say you have to come up for this number of meetings, and they slowly increase it, and they get you deeper and deeper into the company until you cannot miss a meeting. You have to come in four hours a day, and you have to get more and more money. They, they make it so that it replaces, it replaces the cult with your life. Right, it's like yeah. you, you have no, you don't have any more time to talk to your friends or yeah. to talk to your family. All you are doing is spending time trying to manifest Adam Nyman's vision. Right. <laughs> the only people you interact with are other people trying to manifest Adam Nyman's right. vision. It's a brainwashing technique. Yeah. Well, and he's con he, he's forcing you to work these long hours, yeah. keeping you exhausted. Yeah. Newman would typically speak after which employees would often walk around handing out shots of tequila. So, on top of all this, he's getting you really drunk. This is on a Monday night? Yeah, Monday night. <laughs> See, and you, that's not healthy. Monday night, after, like, a 10-hour workday, yeah. and you're coming in tomorrow for another 10-hour workday. Right. WeWork Spaces earned an early reputation for having a party-like atmosphere, thanks mm -hmm. to free-flowing beer kegs, and the corporate environment was no different. One former employee says that Newman offered her tequila during her job interview. <laughs> and liquor was a constant presence at yeah. pretty much every company event. Another perk for the largely millennial staff, many employees know the name of Nyman's favorite tequila, Don Julio, 1942. Mm -hmm. Another prohibitively expensive liquor. <laughs> Offices around the country would keep it stocked for when he came to visit. One morning in 2014, which, okay, I, about the tequila thing, I love that because it's like, it's like having a shrine for this vengeful god that drops <laughs> in on you sometimes. Right, yeah. <laughs> we like, must appease him. We must appease him. We have to have a little, we have to have like some candles and a photo going <laughs> just in case he goes and starts, to, decides to start like levitating things with his <laughs> mind. Oh man. It's like, like Adam Nyman shows up at your office and starts like, he's like, where is my Don Julio? Yeah. <laughs> he, where is it? And everyone starts sweating. Yeah. And he like, 
he reaches into his shirt and pulls out a necklace with a bunch of crystals on it yeah. and then just vaporizes one yeah. of the executives <laughs> with his mind. <laughs> to break open the, the emergency Adam Nyman box. <laughs> break glass only for Adam Nyman. There's like a bottle of tequila. Right, of, of this very specific, extremely expensive tequila. Yeah. <laughs> One morning in 2014, not long after WeWork opened a new location in Washington, D.C., an employee arrived to find the game room trashed. Of course. There were cups lying everywhere, which smelled to him like weed. Mm-hmm. When the employee reviewed the security footage from the night before to identify the culprits, he saw Nyman and Michael Gross, WeWork's vice chairman, drinking and playing and drinking and playing on the Time Crisis arcade machine. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> sure. So, imagine. You... You manage a WeWork office. Yeah. And you come in on Monday morning. <laughs> after knowing that, like, oh, there was a big meeting this weekend. Right, yeah. You know, Adam Nyman and the vice chairman came in just to, to negotiate this huge million, like, multi-million dollar expansion. Yeah. You walk in the front door, and the game room is utterly fucking trashed right. there's cups everywhere it stinks of weed yeah. and you're like what the fuck happened right right you're like what like this has to be some employees and then right. you like you are the manager of this branch yeah. you go to the security office and you pull the security tapes because you are fuming you're gonna fire some fucker yeah. <laughs> like heads are going to roll over this this is right. a professional environment and it's the CEO <laughs> and the vice chairman getting crossfaded and playing time crisis I think that sums up we work pretty well <laughs> oh god no not yet <laughs> you like again this is not even the half it gets so much worse <laughs> oh, oh god the ultimate perk for many employees and a nightmare experience for others (laughs) was the annual summer camp oh no a multi-day affair initially held at an upstate camp owned by the family of a WeWork executive all kinds of activities were offered yoga, axe throwing leaf printing, a drum circle along with entertainment by an expensive array of visiting performers. The Chainsmokers once played... Of course the Chainsmokers. Chain, yeah, of course Adam Nyman is a fan of the Chainsmokers. Yeah. They're my favorite uh, band, man. And received WeWork stock as a part of their fee. Of course. Which, given what, like, given how this story ends, that could, that could have been terrible for them. <laughs> Well, good. Uh, I hate the chain smokers. Well, the weekend was flown in from Toronto by helicopter. <laughs> You'll love this. Tenacious We, an employee band, has also performed. Great. Quote, It was just so much everything, one former executive said. Alcohol, drugs. There was not a lot of food. But that was the only thing there wasn't a lot of. Here, man, have this nutritional vape system. It, it gives you as much. It gives you as many calories as a full days as a full days worth of meals, man. It's just. 
it's just a bunch of like Silicon Valley dickhead exec startup executives like here <laughs> here's your nutrient vape. <laughs> you didn't even need to eat anymore, man. It's all vitamins <laughs> in one. It's all your macros in one, man. Like that, that's not too far of a stretch. Don't, don't put that out in the world, Evan. Yeah. Some someone's gonna make that yeah. real now. Yeah. <laughs> but just like talk about cult shit. Yeah, a they, drum they, circle. They fly you. They fly you up to this isolated upstate New York camp where there's no food, only <laughs> drugs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's like. I, f- I think that's what, like, the people who killed Sharon Tate had, like, they hadn't eaten in three days and had only, like, done, like, five hits of acid or something. Like, that's, like, how you breed serial killers. This shit, no, exactly. This shit literally reminds me of, like, a weird corporate MK Ultra program. Right. Like, it's... Like, how this, you program people, like, reprogram people's minds. Yeah, no, this is, like, this is, like, mental conditioning shit. Right. It, it makes me think that, like, there's some dark underbelly to Adam Nyman where he's, like, inviting people up to this summer camp and, like, they don't remember anything because they had a, like, because there was so much, you know, acid and blow or whatever. Yeah. But there's actually, like, <laughs> underneath the cabin, there's, like a really expensive Resident Evil lab where he's got, like... <laughs> right. You know, he's got, like, clones of all of them in jars or something. Oh, God. Uh. In 2017, the event was moved to a park outside of London. Employees were flown in from around the world. One told me that he and his colleagues would simply walk up to the bar and ask for two bottles of wine each. Quote, they would just give you two bottles of rosé, and we'd drink them like Edward fucking Forty Hands. What? It's a drinking game. Oh. It's, so, <laughs> it's the douchiest drinking game. Well, even the name is... Um, so here's what you do. You get, like, usually you get 40s. It's usually called Edward Forty Hands. Yeah. You get two 40s, you pop the caps, and then you, like, duct tape them to your hands uh-huh. so that you can't, like do anything <laughs> and so the only way that you have to, you have to drink the 40s right but they instead of 40s they were doing this with two entire wine bottles <laughs> four liters is almost three times the capacity of the human bladder <laughs> yeah that's, uh, that's not good <laughs> yeah no it's not good not good we were we would drink them like edward fucking 40 hands while we were watching florence in the machine <laughs> Oh, he said, <laughs> "Don't what? drag Florence in the machine." Into yes, that. don't drag Florence in the machine into this. <laughs> One employee told me she knew it was time to leave the company in 2017 when she woke up in her teepee to find an unknown colleague urinating on the canvas just above her head. <laughs> quote, "Quote: Talk to any community manager under 24, and it's the greatest weekend of your life," the employee said of summer camp. But I am not here to get peed on. Yeah. <laughs> These poor people, I mean, obviously there's, like, there's the asshole douchebag who just don't, like, just want to get drunk. They don't right, care. But it's, right. like, there's people, like, I'm sure many of these, these employees just, like, went to this because they felt like they had to. Yeah. They don't want to get peed on. No, no, no. Okay. You, if you were past a certain point of, like, involvement in the company, 
what you just said, you had to go to this. Right. If if you didn't come to this, Adam Newman would fire you. Right. You would be fired for not going to this secret MK right. Ultra camp where people would pee on you. Right, which feels like a great concept for a horror movie. Yes. Like the new oh like God. young female employee gets gets this job at this mysterious like billion dollar company and she's moving up the ranks and she's like obliged to go to this like company retreat and it becomes like a survival horror it's movie. It's like an American Midsummer. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Summer camp was also the place where Newman's gravitational pull was the strongest. At last year's event, according to a report in Property Week, a British real estate publication, Newman was on stage next to his wife and McEvely as the crowd sang Ole Ole Ole. A WeWork company from a WeWork employee from India started chanting, Let's go, WeWork, let's go. Well, another from California screamed, You're changing the world, Adam! We love you! (laughs) USA! USA! A WeWork employee from Mexico City proposed to his girlfriend next to a dodgeball tournament. (laughs) Quote, I felt like I was surrounded by my extended family, he told the company blog. (laughs) Seconds after, a dodgeball collided with my head and knocked me unconscious. (laughs) (laughs) It was the greatest thing to have ever happened to me. I felt like I was surrounded by my extended family, he told the company blog. He had been at WeWork for seven months. <laughs> right. In 2017, WeWork opened its 200th location in Singapore. And Newman finally found a partner whose ambition matched his own. Masayoshi Son, the head of SoftBank, a Japanese conglomerate, had overnight gone from being a minor player in the venture capital world to investing more money in startups than many VCs could hope to invest in their entire lifetimes. Wow. Which is super fucking sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> right. In 2016, SoftBank had launched the Vision Fund, a $100 billion investment fund backed primarily by $45 billion from the Saudi Arabian government, oh. which is super fucking yeah. sketchy. <laughs> Getting the Saudis involved. Yeah. Great idea. (laughs) $45 billion from the Saudi Arabian government, which needed a place to park its money. (laughs) This is a tax shelter. Right. (laughs) The Vision Fund began making enormous bets on Uber, Slack, DoorDash, and dozens of other companies, Uh employing a strategy that has come to be known, with some derision, as blitzscaling. Essentially, pumping up a company to market-dominating size as fast as possible without right. worrying about profit. Right. Which is, it's like, they did the same thing for Uber. Right. Son met Newman at WeWork headquarters and told him he had precisely 12 minutes for a tour. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a bullshit power play yeah. thing. You don't, you don't have 12 minutes. No. We scheduled a meeting. Right. We are both extremely powerful business executives. Right. If you need two hours, you can make it two hours. Right. <laughs> what a, like, that's that's such the equivalent of, like, a guy that carries a katana around. <laughs> it's like, I could divide you in half in half a second. Yeah. It's like, no, you couldn't, yeah. you bullshitter. <laughs> yeah, it's like in... I only sh- have 12 minutes for you. <laughs> Fuck you. It's like on Shark Tank when they're like, 
I'll make you an offer. Here, you know, here's here's my offer. But here's the thing: you have four seconds to decide, or else it's <laughs> off the table. Which they do every episode, which is not a real strategy. No, because you don't want an entrepreneur who makes decisions that quickly. It's literally no. just a game. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want somebody who makes billion-dollar decisions after only thinking about it for four seconds. Right. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. It's just a mind game. Exactly. Exactly. It's just a bullshit power play. Yeah. Ugh. After which he invited Newman to join him in his car, where Sun sketched out a deal on his iPad to invest $4.4 billion into WeWork. Sun told Newman to make WeWork, quote, ten times bigger than your original plan. And to recognize that, in a fight, being crazy is better than being smart. I guess if you have a hundred billion dollars to throw at whatever, yeah, four point four billion dollars is like, yeah, you can just sort of throw that around. Who yeah, fucking I mean, cares? There's endless room for error. Right. We gotta be crazy. Yeah. It's like you could literally change the world economy by thinking about this for four seconds. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like four point four billion dollars. Like you. That's global hunger. You could solve global poverty yeah. with four point four billion dollars. Right. And you're throw and you are throwing it to Adam fucking Nyman. Yeah. Of course, because that's where that money goes, always. <laughs> being crazy is better than being smart, and that WeWork wasn't being, quote, crazy enough. Sun said that he thought WeWork could be, quote, a few hundred billion dollars. These guys are just making shit up. Yeah, yeah it could be like 12 billion dollars, man. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Love it. It could be twelve trillion dollars. Yeah, it could be three billion dollars. It could be one hundred twenty billion dollars. Who fucking cares? The highest number that I can think of. Think of the biggest number that you can think of. WeWork is going to be that plus a billion dollars. <laughs> plus more. Yeah. <laughs> the premise of Sun's investment was that WeWork could do much more than rent desks to solo accountants and small branding firms. Which, like, you fucked up there. Yeah. That's your business model. Don't don't get outside of that. Yeah. <laughs> Since its early days, Newman had called WeWork, quote, the world's first physical social network. Adam, that means nothing. Yeah. That, that's not a... You mean going outside and yeah. having friends? You mean society as a whole? <laughs> society. <laughs> we, we live in a physical social network. <laughs> it's like, no, it's like... <laughs> no. Uh, and he, he put it to me this spring. The company's SoftBank-funded losses were merely laying the groundwork for all kinds of growth. Quote, We're investing money in building an infrastructure that tremendous revenue already flows on, and there's an endless amount of revenue that it can flow on. Sure. <laughs> After a while, you just get jaded. Yeah. It's like, sure, it's... Adam, I know... We both know that nothing you're saying means anything. Yeah. I'm just going to read that quote back to you again. Okay. We're investing money in building an infrastructure that tremendous revenue already flows on. Like. Sure. An infrastructure. What? <laughs> yeah. Good, good idea. And there's an endless amount of revenue that can flow on it. Is this a riddle? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. A white box without hinges, <laughs> keyhole, or lid, yet golden treasure inside is hid. Sure, Adam Nyman. <laughs> sure <laughs> it is. If you want my investor capital, my three riddles you must solve. And if not, I shall eat you. I shall eat a finger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
Newman had claimed multiple times that WeWork is at the stage Amazon was, where it only sold books. <laughs> the idea is to build a machine capable of leasing, designing, building, and managing space at an unprecedented scale, on top of which various kinds of money-making enterprises can be built. The result, thus far, have been fitful. As one example, the company has long tried to sell services to its members, such as health insurance and business software, but today, this accounts for just 5% of its revenue. Like, all that extra shot, all that extra shit, 5% of their revenue. It's like, all these different ventures, it's right. like nothing. Right. <laughs> just experiments. The company's valuation has also been based on the notion that it is, if not quite a tech company, at least a technologically forward-thinking one. Yeah. Like, a lot of people were confused as to what WeWork even did. They're like, is yeah. it a tech company? Like, no, it's actually a real estate company, yeah. but it's like, it talks a bunch of tech company bullshit. Right. WeWork's rivals admit that its vertically integrated system for opening spaces up has helped it expand at remarkable speeds while keeping its increasing costs in check, relatively speaking. Being able to buy furniture in bulk helps, as does the company's avoidance of union labor. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the big one. Yeah. <laughs> It has lately been investing more in technology to better understand how people use its space. And Shiva Rajaraman, WeWork CTO, described a typical WeWork to me as a, quote, an Amazon warehouse with a lot more soul. <laughs> uh, which is, that's the equivalent of saying, it's a vegan sweatshop. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's an oxymoron. And the fact that the CTO willingly described it as that, it's like, yeah. that's not a good thing. Right. Amazon warehouses don't have a good reputation. Right, they have one of the worst reputations you can have for a warehouse. Ugh. The company uses data to improve its management of conference rooms and analyze its customers' interests to better plan community events. Rajaraman has said that the company has found that WeWork members in Brooklyn and San Francisco enjoyed, quote, urban gardening. Mm -hmm. The manager of a WeWork space in the Flatiron told me that <laughs> quote, one of our best learnings since opening was that people liked sitting at several desks in the back of the room that were near the windows. This, he said, was something that he hadn't guessed before, admitting it, quote, made a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're just sort of saying words. Yeah. None of these words mean anything. <laughs> right. Individually, they make a lot of sense. Together, not so much. Not so much. One of our greatest learnings. Yeah. That's, that was the actual quote. Yeah, people don't talk like that. <laughs> None that I've encountered. Uh, the company's appetite for, gro for growth was rapacious, and for somebody who claimed to be building a business around the crunchy concept of community, of community, right. Newman had adopted a hard-nosed tactic of a real estate tycoon. In 2015, a landlord kicked out two tenants' rights organizations from their offices in downtown San Francisco to make way for a WeWork, which reportedly offered to pay double the rent. In 2017, Newman called an executive at Blackstone, the large investment firm, to complain that it had invested in a rival. Like, Adam Newman had the balls <laughs> to call one of the largest venture capital firms on the planet yeah. and and like browbeat them over investing in one of WeWork's rivals. Right. He like the stones like you yeah. have to be insane. Like you have to be insane to do that. Yeah. That is an idiotic move. Right. Yeah, that's the move of someone spiraling out of control. It's 
it's the move of someone who thinks he's God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. even, even among, venture, like, Silicon Valley startup dickheads like Adam Nyman, yeah. you don't fucking do that. Right. That's so far out of line. Yeah. <sighs> oh, God. Uh-huh. <sighs> WeWork has also accused several of its co-working pe- competitors of trademark infringement, including Erwork, We Labs, and HiWork. In a 2017 lawsuit against Erwork, U-R-Work, the company said that it did not claim exclusive rights to the ordinary word work, but objected to the combination of a two-letter pronoun followed immediately by the word work. Newman and McKedley have cited their communal upbringings as formative to WeWork's conception, but Newman has also described the kibbutz as a, quote, a failed social experiment, flawed because, quote, everyone made the same amount of money. WeWork, he says, is a, quote, capitalist kibbutz where, <laughs> where weaknesses won't be accommodated. On one hand, community, he said. On the other hand, you eat what you kill. <laughs> Those two hands are very contradictory. <laughs> the thing I love about that is that kibbutzes don't have money. Like, it, yeah. there's no money. Right. You're paid in vegetables. Right. You're paid in living spaces. Yeah. Like, everything is free. Like, yeah. Actually, like, maybe some of the kibbutzes use money. I don't know that for sure. But uh-huh. still, it's like, just the fact that he called it a capitalist kibbutz is like, right. uh, the point of kibbutz is that there yeah. ain't no capitalism there. It's not a kibbutz. Yeah, you what you are describing is Stalin. That's yeah. literally what Stalin did. Right. Congratulations, you've reached Stalin. Yeah. Uh, the Wii Company's headquarters in Chelsea, where more than a thousand of its employees work, is something of a testing grounds for how it can serve larger organizations. The company will eventually move into the old Lloyd & Taylor flagship on Fifth Avenue, which it recently bought. The sixth-floor entrance is flagged by a full-service barista and a, quote, living room with an array of couches and lounge chairs roughly the size and feel of a West Elm showroom. There are foosball and bumper pool tables, along with three video game consoles. Beyond that is the Wii Market, spelled W-E-M-R-K-T. Great. An in-office bodega, quote, <laughs> as, a sure. Wii, as a WeWork spokesperson called it. Next to a kitchen with dozens of taps serving beer, cider, cold brew, merlot, pinois, and several kombuchas and seltzer. Great. On one of my visits, on one of my visits, signs advertised astrology readings for employees in the afternoon. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> uh, uh, By Adam Nyman himself. <laughs> He's sitting there, and you just you go up and ask him, and his eyes just flash for a second, <laughs> and, and then he tells you exactly how you're going to die. <laughs> For team bonding, it's a team bonding exercise. Yeah. Wow, how are you gonna die? You just sit down in front of Adam Nyman, and you you hand him a couple dollars, and he rips your soul out of your <laughs> chest and licks it and yeah. then smashes it back into your chest and tells you how you're gonna die. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Thanks, boss. Uh, aside from a few offices reserved for Nyman and a handful of executives, the headquarters have almost no assigned desks, and some WeWork employees described a near-constant mental and physical battle <laughs> to find a space with enough quiet and privacy for concentration. That's utterly hilarious, mental... given the business model of this of this company is to bro- provide a, a people a quiet and focused space to work. Mental and physical battle 
I have, I have zero fucking doubt in my mind that there were fist fights. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because they're probably like, it's not allowed to have, you're not allowed to have assigned seating. And everyone is running on three hours of sleep. Yeah. For weeks. And shots of tequila. <sighs> and probably cocaine. You're you're being held together by nothing but free tequila and chi. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, are you tired? Let me heal you with some chi transfer. <laughs> I feel better, Adam. <laughs> some guy just collapses from exhaustion and Adam Nyman just comes over and like shocks him yeah. with his palm. Clear! <laughs> I'm transferring chi. It's okay, I'm realigning his chakras. <laughs> Stand back! Uh, the private phone booths and were coveted, as they were, it, as they were in most WeWorks. Joel Steinhaus, a WeWork executive, told me his previous office at City allowed allocated 200 to 250 feet per square person, while WeWork has shrunk that number to around 50. A WeWork spos- spokesperson says the number is higher. They are wrong. <laughs> yeah. Sure. WeWork claims that additional common spaces and amenities that make up the difference. But also, like, yeah, we have bathrooms, though, so yeah. it's okay. <laughs> right. Always got some extra amenities. Also, we do we do tarot readings. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that makes up for the 80% reduction in space. Yeah. And the <laughs> forced hours, forced unpaid oh, hours. No. But also, that closeness has benefits. A half dozen WeWork employees repeated the same talking t- talking point to me about the narrow the narrowness of its staircases and hallways. <laughs> okay, Evan, take a guess as to why the WeWork guys talk about the narrowness of their hallways and staircases as a good thing. Because they've solved the possibility of fires ever happening, and it's no longer a hazard because they've they've used their chi to. To prevent the concept of a fire or an emergency from happening, therefore, narrow stairwells are not a problem. <laughs> Which are there to foster community by forcing people to physically interact with anyone they walk past, saying that any cost savings from fitting in more people is merely a bonus. You know, (laughs) speaking from personal experience of going to a high school with incredibly narrow stairwells and seven floors of classrooms, that's not true. It (laughs) offers nothing but drawbacks and hazards, and it never once fostered a sense of community. I've only seen it foster fights and people getting injured or stuck. Or or falling and causing a domino effect. Yeah, right. I, I never once thought like man <laughs> the fact that i'm crammed into this increasingly small space not meant for like occupation by people is really making me feel closer to the person in front of me whose ass i am being <laughs> wedged into yeah. you know the only thought i really remember from the stair stairwells of high school was holy shit if there is a fire we are all dead yes oh my god <laughs> i thought that every day cuz i would have the school would get out like after school, and I would be on have a class on the seventh floor and be trapped in the stairwell for over twenty minutes. If you were on the seventh floor and there was and we had a fire drill, it took legitimately forty five minutes yeah. to get out. It's like we are dead. Yeah, you're just fucking dead. Yeah, that uh, that's Holocaust te- like mass murder techniques right there. Oh God. 
building community in what we work has always promised. Blech, sorry. Yeah. Building community is what we work has always promised, and its pitch to to large corporations is not just hip designs and flexible leasing terms, but what WeWork calls its quote WeOS, referring to its expertise in helping companies optimize both space and overall culture. In 2017, McEvely was named WeWork's chief culture officer, and he's fond of using one of WeWork's many internal slogans, quote, operationalize love. <laughs> the same thing same idea as like quantify chi right monetize chi monetize chi monetize spiritual energy i think operationalized love is the most bullshit corporate term i have ever read (laughs) that means nothing that means absolutely nothing yeah and it sounds like a quote from brave new world yeah (laughs) right sounds like something from a satire but in dozens of interviews current and former WeWork employees and executives questioned whether the WeWork company's culture itself is one worth spreading. Despite the company's slogan, make a life, not just a living, employees at all levels have often reported working 60 or 70 hour weeks and events like the Thank God It's Monday and summer camp were mandatory. 70 hours a week. How many hours is that a day? As ten. Well, if if you're not working weekends, that's like fourteen hours a day. Okay, okay, forty hours a week. That's like eight hours a day. Yeah. Right. You bump that up to sixty. That is twelve hours a day. Yeah. Bump that up to seventy. That's fourteen hours a day. <laughs> okay, we have reached the point in this article. Now we are going to start talking about the crazy shit. <laughs> That was that <laughs> the prologue. That was all <laughs> prologue. And I already feel like I'm drowning. I I am like I legitimately have to slow down because I get lightheaded <laughs> thinking about this. I, I've never felt the sensation on this podcast so far where, where I feel lost and I feel like I I feel like an employee of the WeWork Corporation. Doing doing this research felt like felt it legitimately felt like when I first learned about the MK Ultra experiments. <laughs> it was like you read about this shit and then you learn that it's real. Yeah. It's like it it is a mind blowing experience. Okay, okay. We we just gotta dive in now. All I'm right. so sorry, everyone. At its annual summit, the company keeps track of employee attendance at panels and events by scanning wristbands given to each person. The QR codes tattooed on their wrists. Uh, the, the chips embedded in their spinal cords. <laughs> Uh, excessive absences are reported to managers. A, a number of employees described a regular cycle at WeWork. New people would arrive, excited by the company's mission, only to get burned out and leave, and replaced by a fresh crop. Right. Just a, that, a fresh flock of sheep. Just that term, a fresh crop. That's so, <laughs> yeah. like... That's... You, don't even, you don't even dignify people to compare them to animals. You're comparing them to, like produce right you're comparing you're comparing them to fruit yeah or corn yeah multiple executives told me newman's cheerleading was critical critical to the company's success quote quote from a business perspective the cult is working that's from a top executive well there you go you said the word cult it's like uh, oh no no i didn't say it oh, you said no, it you said you, the, said, you, yeah, said, cult. you said cult we're gonna be talking about it We're going to talk about that. Employees say turnover at the company has been 
dizzying. <laughs> Multiple people told me Newman has expressed a desire, has expressed a desire to turn over 20% of WeWork's staff every year. He publicly denies this, whether through attrition or firings as a mean of keeping staff on its toes. There have been two publicly reported mounds of mass departure, both of which the company said involved culling unproductive workers. Think about that. In turn, like, Adam Nyman has full-on admitted that he wants to, that he wants to cull 20% of the company's employees annually, specifically to maintain an atmosphere of fear and devotion, where any, where anyone who even remotely questions what they are asked to do is immediately fired. Have you ever seen the movie Snowpiercer? Yes. That's the exact strategy of the villain in that movie. Yes. That is the exactly... He gives a villainous monologue at the end saying, Every, we need to cull a certain member of the population to maintain... Yes. And it's like, literally, he's a supervillain. To maintain to maintain an atmosphere of constant question... Of, like, constant internal doubt and fear. Where you never feel safe, you're constantly exhausted, you could be fired at any time. Right. So you better work hard. Oh, God. Em employees say that restructurings, in which entire teams are suddenly disbanded, are a regular occurrence. Quote, when you're at WeWork, there's a certain lack of culture. Which is ironic for a company selling culture, one former executive told me. These are not employees. No. These are executives. These are people who are paid a ton of money. These like these are other executives yeah. saying this about WeWork. Yeah. <sighs> uh, quote, if there is a culture, it is that of a revolving door. The need to hire employees at a rate to keep up with its growth has led to occasional hiccups in the hiring process, to say the least. Yeah. In 2015, Newman chastised a group of employees for not Googling a job applicant after finding out that WeWork had hired the hipster grifter, a Brooklynite who had become briefly famous several years earlier for scamming her way into jobs and cheating rich people out of their money. <laughs> the hiring process at WeWork is so shoddy Right. They hired someone who is literally nationally famous right. for getting hired by Silicon Valley idiots and cheating them out of their money. That's very on the nose. L like, literally the worst person you could <laughs> yeah. possibly hire. Right. Like, the, the definitively worst choice. Yeah. Like, the face of the, the joke of you had one job. Right, right. <laughs> Your job is to not hire this person. Right. Literally every other choice is better than the, yeah. the, the a Maybe person anyone. that is nationally known as the yeah. hipster grifter. <laughs> and that sounds like a Batman villain or something. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious. <laughs> oh no, it's the hipster grifter. <laughs> I mug rich people. Yeah. You'll never get away with this. <laughs> They're like they're like a scorn they're like a scorned Seattle, co like coffee barista yeah, who fell into a vat of radioactive waste after being mistreated by executives yeah. too many times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they 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 use grenades that explode into expensive coffee. 
and they they have a scheme where they mind control the Gotham's rich people yeah. by mind controlling them via their Bluetooth headsets. <laughs> and soon I will rule the world. I'm going to poison the city's kombucha supply. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never catch me, Batman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh God, I love that. <laughs> Holy I... wage theft, Batman. <laughs> Holy venture capital, Batman! <laughs> uh, oh God! Uh, I can I can picture him. He's got like he's got like evil skinny jeans <laughs> and evil Doc Martens and right. suspenders and dreadlocks. No, he's got a man bun. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. dreadlocks uh, and a man bun. Right, but like a bird nest in his hair. His suspender has a his suspender has like. Empty cups of coffee at, on on him like a bandolier of grenades. Yeah, <laughs> handlebar mustache. Yes. Did you, did you already say that? Uh, no, no, no. He's got he's got a handlebar mustache, but it's like so big that it grows into his mask. Yeah. Like that's that's his superpower yeah. is he can control his handlebar mustache. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Dear Lord, where are we? <laughs> I researching this topic was like. You know that shot in the most recent Star Wars movie where Rey is, like, descending on a rope into the depths of the abandoned Death Star? Yeah. It's like that. Right. <laughs> it's like, I am... I was delving into the corpse of this of this ancient super weapon. It's like evil things happen yeah. here, and I am I am only seeing the surface. Yeah, without the sense of adventure. Yeah. But it's, like, scary. Yeah. Like, I, uh... The focus on growth often seemed to leave little room for other concerns. Two people told me that during an early town hall when WeWork just had, had just over a hundred employees, Newman took questions alongside the two other executives, Michael Gross and Noah Brodsky, and someone asked him about the lack of diversity on the executive team. Oh. Just, okay, however bad you think this is going to be, it's worse. He's not going to say the N-word. Okay. It's worse. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's not quite that bad, but it's worse than you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Newman disputed the point by referring to himself and the other people on stage, saying, quote, I'm a brunette, Michael's blonde, and we have Noah. Brodsky, who is gay, went bright red. <laughs> yes. No, no, it's cool. We're, we're all white guys, but... I'm blonde and he's gay. We're very diverse white guys. Very good. Very good. Yeah! Yes! The stock price just shot up through the roof! God, yes! We solved the refugee crisis! Uh, I'm so sorry, everyone. Our poor listeners with headphones. God, it's like... Uh, employees and executives say that much of what the culture... Much of the culture stems from Newman, whose rule by fiat could be frustrating. Yeah. Last summer, he announced at the end of the company-wide meeting that WeWork employees would no longer be permitted to expense meals that included meat. He's now he is forcing his employees to not eat meat on company time. Just so arbitrary and weird. And what that is like the peak of 2017 Silicon Valley yeah. idiot bullshit. <laughs> right. Ugh. Several senior members of the company had no idea the announcement was coming or even what it meant. <laughs> right. Hundreds of employees joined a Slack channel to debate the policy, 
While some found various ways around it, a person in New York Tech, in New York Tech world, said WeWork employees have asked have asked her to expense the meat when they go out for meals. <laughs> please expense the meat, please. I beg of you, expense the meat. I'm I'm dying of protein malnourishment. <laughs> The, the nutrient vapes aren't enough. Takes a huge hit of the nutrient vapes, like coughs up blood. <laughs> it's not enough. I beg of you. I, I don't sleep the anymore. Expense the meat. Uh, especially at the top, we work look to some like a boys' club. The executive ranks have been sprinkled with Newman's friends from Israel, as well as his extended family members. Sure, it's like. It's like, it's like the Romanovs, but now, and, <laughs> and they're all vegan. It's just a bunch of idiots that have no idea what they're doing, sitting on top of an enormous multinational yeah. empire. Sitting on thrones. Right. Uh, and, oh man, like, I don't cover her as much as I nearly should have, because I'm already, like, fucking, and I'm already fucking 90 minutes into this episode. Yeah. His wife is just as crazy as he is but she's like uh, she's like the Romanov's kid mm -hmm. you know he's like the, you know the, the the one that had uh, the one that was like severely anemic right <laughs> and I, I imagine would just say stuff like father in heaven does the pain stop <laughs> like you're saying that's his wife that's his wife it's <laughs> like because his wife is somebody who has like never she has never been in a room that did not have gold somewhere in it. She's somebody, like, his wife is somebody that has lived in luxury from day one. Yeah. Like, this is, she has no idea what the world is like. Right. She's like a witch, too. Right. Like, on, <laughs> uh, uh, During an, an executive offsite meeting in Montauk, he gave a joking toast to the virtues of nepotism. <laughs> In a job interview, the first question one former executive asked a former female applicant was whether she had a boyfriend. He was later fired. <laughs> so, you sit down for an interview. First thing the guy says, yo, you got a boyfriend? Because <laughs> like, it literally doesn't matter what you ask in the job interview, because you're getting hired anyway. And, you're, and tequila. You're yeah. also getting tequila. Right. It's like, hey, say, you got a, you got a boyfriend? You got like, a boyfriend? <laughs> is this a job interview? Yeah. I, uh... That is so... Scary. Yeah. <laughs> that is so fucking scary. Several people told me they're worried about what the company's younger employees might absorb from the experience. A former WeWorker, who now runs a company, told me, quote, I spend a lot of my time on culture and HR, and it fucking slows you down worrying about how people feel. <laughs> it's the whole point of why HR is there, because executives feel that way. Yeah, because you're a fucking sociopath. <laughs> it's because if HR is not there to regulate you will choose the way that maximizes profit over people's safety. <laughs> right, right. HR HR is not necessarily there to keep the employees safe. HR is there to make sure that the executives don't force them to commit regulatory fraud. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Because if given the chance, they will commit regulatory of fraud. Yeah, of course. Uh, but one employee told me his WeWork experience had had made him think about what he would do differently if he were ever to run his own startup. Quote, You can move fast and break things, he said, citing Facebook's widely adopted empire-building ethos, but you can't move fast and break people. It's 
like, okay. Well, you have been doing that. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right, all right. This is getting super fucking long. We gotta cut this off soon, but yeah. I will. I will give you just this last paragraph. It's gonna be a two-part episode. People. Oh god! Like There's I am so much. More. I am not even halfway through. <laughs> oh god! I like. Oh god! One of WeWork's few female senior executives is Rebecca Newman, Adam's wife. Their first date is now part of the company lore. Rebecca told. <laughs> yeah, that's that's classic cult. Like, oh yeah. Like, that's like religious text. Like Rebecca told Adam, who was still working on crawlers, that he was quote full of shit and needed to make something of himself. <laughs> quote Rebecca and I are co-founders in life. That's Newman. literally. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Vice about Dick Cheney. No. Like, literally, like, the whole, like, the way they tell that story is, like, Dick Cheney became Dick Cheney because his wife told him he was a piece of shit at age 20. Like, something snapped in him, and he's like, I'm going to become the most powerful man on the face right. of the earth. He's going to become and he a did. fucking supervillain. Yeah. Like, it is better to be successful than it is to be loved. Just because a woman insulted him. Like, that's, like, literally just to, like, prove a point. Oh, uh, <laughs> God. Uh, Rebecca and I are co-founders in life, Newman told me. Quote, We met, and she suddenly added to my vocabulary of words, like, the game of life. Uh-oh. Rebecca studied business and Buddhism at Cornell and initially Great chose combination. and initially chose the former, working as a stockbroker at Smith Barney before going to in India to study yoga. You know, that's a very common trajectory for people. It's not like that's not unique. Because that's what happens when you make a crap ton of money. You're like, oh, what do I, like, I have to, like, evolve somehow, so I'm going to go to right. India for six months. Right, you feel fucking empty inside. Yeah. So you're like, oh, maybe I'll go talk to, maybe I'll go talk to some exotic brown people and then I'll feel better. It's right. like, no, you're just racist. Yeah, it's just because all of your entire hierarchy of needs has been met. And you just have to keep creating new levels where you become spirituality and then it becomes, you know, changing the world. And it's just like... Right. Well, and it's it's that combined with the fact that you realize that your hierarchy of needs is met and it is built on human suffering. Right. <laughs> You're a stockbroker. Yeah. You, are, you got here by stepping on the necks of other people. Right, yeah. She later tried to follow her cousin, Gwyneth Paltrow, into <laughs> acting, but it didn't stick. She agreed to marry Adam only if he developed a spiritual practice, and she introduced him to Kabbalah, which <laughs> he has cited as foundational to WeWork's creation. I mean, isn't... I, I know nothing about Kabbalah, but like, isn't that like a similar idea of like quantifying spiritual energy? It is an extremely ancient... It is an extremely ancient, extremely secretive practice of Jewish numerological sorcery. Right. It is deep, old magic you don't fuck with. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. you don't, like, you're not even allowed to learn about the Kabbalah. You yeah. have to go to, like, if you want to study it, you have to go to a special school, like, mm -hmm. you have to go to a special rabbinical school before you're even allowed to start studying. Right. Because there are documented incidences in history of people, of, like, rabbis getting too into Kabbalah and going insane. Right. Like, yeah. it is, this is real shit you don't fuck with. You don't build, like, a Silicon Valley company off of it. Well, here's the thing. If you're the kind of idiot that thinks you can just, like, dabble in Kabbalah yeah. and then you build a company, 
you get WeWork. Yeah. You get the We Corporation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what blood magic has that has this been founded on? Uh, no, this is this is like pre blood magic. Right. Jeez. <laughs> oh, it's that like. It's... <laughs> more powerful it is an extremely sacred practice that you don't fuck around with (laughs) like you don't use it as fuel no 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 and like if if like i know i know that they're just bullshitting this like they're it's like they think the cabal is kind of fun aesthetics yeah if they were like if they actually tried to incorporate kabbalistic principles into we work that's scary that's really scary (laughs) because at that point it's like you've gone it's like you've gone over the cliff from cult into legitimate secret society (laughs) like and that's terrifying the newmans have five children and at various company events, Rebecca has extolled the virtues of motherhood while speaking to WeWork's employees, many of whom she has made in- she made uncomfortable at last year's summer camp while talking about supporting her husband as his company grew. Quote, a big part of being w- a woman is to help men manifest their calling in life. Great. Rebecca has held many various titles at the company. She is currently the chief impact officer. And the head of WeGrow, a school on the third floor of WeWork's Chelsea headquarters, opened in 2017 as a, quote, conscious entrepreneurial school committed to unleashing every child's superpowers. Such as coding. Such such as coding. (laughs) We study such topics as learning and coding. Ugh, it's like a corporate X-Men academy. (laughs) WeGrow includes the Flatiron School, a coding academy for adults that WeWork acquired in 2017. Uh, uh, okay, I have to tie this up. Newman started the school <laughs> no in par- oh, God. Newman started the school in part because they couldn't find a suitable one for their kids. It costs $36,000 for three to four-year-olds and $42,000 a year for children up to 11. There are plans to expand into high school. Quote, my, in my book, there's no, accept, there's no reason as to why children in elementary school can't be launching their own businesses. <laughs> Rebecca said Rebecca, who has no background in training or education. And when we when we said when we grow launched, its head its head of learning told the post that the school had identified one student who, quote, just loves to project manage and paired her with a mentor in WeWork's events department. So adding to the list So that adds to the list of labor violations. Yeah. Child labor. Yeah. They are using child One of the worst labor violations in my book. The the worst labor violation that, like, that's, like, one of those laws that everyone can agree on. That's, like, like rape is bad. Yeah. That's, like, don't let children work in factories. Yeah, that's where the Venn diagram meets on the political spectrum. Child labor is bad. Oh, God. At least we can agree on child labor being bad. David Naaman has other ideas. Okay, okay. So I'm there's a I have like three paragraphs left in this section, but I'm gonna cut this off here okay. so that we can pick up next week. Yeah. <laughs> with the fall of WeWork. <laughs> no. Think, I cannot wait. Think about that. All of this shit, everything we just spent ninety fucking minutes talking about was not even close to an 
was not even fucking close to enough to sink WeWork. It wasn't even enough to damage their fucking reputation. The the crazy eyes wide shut parties in the yeah. woods, the child labor laws, the cons like the constant harassment yeah. of other exec like of yeah. other executives, the the insane hiring practices, the purges. None of this even like while all of this was happening, their stock price was becoming one of the highest on the stock market. So just like chew on this in your mind. Yeah. What insane bullshit has to take place <laughs> to actually tank this corporation? What how much further do you have to go? <sighs> I'm 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 going to give you guys a hint. It involves one of the f one of the most insane funniest most batshit tax documents I have I shit you not I was sitting in a cafe on a Wednesday morning reading this tax documentation and I was struggling not to laugh so hard that it would it would interrupt the people around me it a is tax a, form a real tax form so like Child labor was not enough to sink the WeWork Corporation. No. But, but this one tax form was. We'll continue this next week. Thank you for listening. Join us then on the next episode of am, Desperate Acts of Capitalism. I am so sorry. I'm drowning. I'm literally drowning. Uh, yeah, do all the, sh like, like us on apple podcast or whatever it helps us grow yeah. give us give us a rating tell your friends help us help us like spread the burden of this podcast yeah. around by share the... it so it's not all on you yeah you de you deserve to not be alone in this yeah. thank you for listening <sighs> thank you again and we love you we love you